icebreaker question. What's your favorite food? Oh, my favorite food is pasta. So I love Italian food. I, I, let me say, let me clarify this. I love to eat good food. My favorites would, you know, the top of the list actually is soul food, but I love Italian food. My husband is a great cooks great uh, stir fries. So I love Asian food. And I love a really good steak that I don't eat eat a lot of times, but there's nothing like a really good steak. Every, every now and then when I'm talking to you on the phone, she breaks to get dad. He's <laughs> often cooking. Uh, when I call. And so, um, a, you know, oh, we're we going to have to put him to the test. You know, they say the proof is in the pudding. I was told the proof is in the taste of the pudding. Oh. So we're going we gonna, <laughs> we gonna to find out. Favorite, last one. Last, actually, I got two more. And then we're going to jump into some some ministry uh, related questions. What is your, what is, what is your hobby? What do you have any hobbies? One of my favorite things to do. I, I am a tea drinker. I love, I'm a tea connoisseur. I love sitting down or in the morning, early morning after I prayed, just sitting with, when it's still very silent and just drinking that cup of tea. I drink it like the British people. So I have cream in it. I, I love tea. That's my thing. I have my grandkids kind of hooked on it. So I'm, I'm rearing them up the right way. And I, I, I enjoy bowling. I enjoy just quiet time. It's nothing like quiet time, a good cup of tea and watching a great uh, movie. And I'm, I'm into, I love mysteries because I'm always trying to figure out, I love su suspense. I'm always trying to figure out the end. So those are things that I kind of like to do. Mm. All right. And then this is one. I thought I had another question, but I really don't. But this just popped in my head. <laughs> if someone was to sit down with you, you know, while you're having tea in the morning, um, if you drink it like the British, you probably add some cream to it. Absolutely. Um, uh, what would be the one thing that they would take away from sitting at the table with you? That I love God. That I really love God. Amen. Amen. So that's going to, that's going to segue into my first question. Um, you uh, are an apostle uh, in the Lord's church. Um, and so this, this is going to lead into some questions and I'm sure that there's going to be some who are viewing that's going to have some questions. So if you do, you can either uh, uh, put them in the chat. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we want to make sure that we answer your questions as well. Cause I do have a couple of questions I want to ask. And I know this is going to lead to conversation. And so the first thing is to you being uh, an apostle in the Lord's church and more so uh, being a servant of, of God, what is the most rewarding thing to you about ministry? I want you to excuse me. I will be doing some reading because I took the question seriously and I kind of jotted down uh, some notes. Um, and I would say the most rewarding thing is the feeling and knowing uh, that I'm doing what I was created for. Everybody can't say that. Mm -hmm. People have jobs, have occupations, they have all of those things, but I know that I am fulfilling my purpose. Yes. And so that give, brings with it tre tremendous rewards. And that purpose is teaching uh, his word and also training his leaders. Those are two of the main things that I'm, I'm called to do. I'm walking in that, and that gives me incredible joy. Amen. Amen. Did you want to ask something, Dr. Bridget? Because I see you sitting there with excitement I'm all over your face. <laughs> I'm just listening, taking it all in because 
Apostle Shar is, you know, she's amazing. And guys, you just have to hear her speak. You know, when she is talking and she's delivering the word, I'm just excited. <laughs> they, they're, they're going to get an opportunity tonight. She doesn't know this. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm sure outside of all of answering all these questions, God is going to put some on her heart to give to the people okay. at the conclusion. Um, and, and, and so what she doesn't know, uh, and I'm sure what the people don't know either, Dr. Bridget, that this is actually our first one together doing this interview, right? Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm not going to say she's our guinea pig, but tonight <laughs> she's going to be our guinea pig. We're not going to call we, her guinea we, pig. We, 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 oh, we, we are putting the first one out as a test. That is a test because this is what God has called us to do. And, and, and Mama, I believe I heard you say, when you're the most rewarding thing is doing what you have been created to do. And somebody is going to be listening and, and they're questioning where they are in life. And this is going to lead me to the next question. Uh, and yes, everybody, I sent her the questions so we wouldn't catch her off guard. The second question is the most challenging things about ministry. And then the second part of that is marriage and ministry. So what are the most, what are some of the challenging things uh, about ministry to you? One of the most challenging things that I find now is dealing uh, with the trends, the train, the changing trends in our culture and in our world. Um, we live in a society now where it, in particularly this can't cancel culture. Mm -hmm. I don't like what you say. Oop, I cancel you. You made a mistake. Boop. I cancel you. Like that's, that's very frustrating to me. Because when you understand uh, the grace of God, when you understand the fact that God could have canceled and should have canceled all of us, but he didn't, mm -hmm. that's frustrating to me that you, especially the body of Christ, an unbeliever, you do what you do. You, you're acting like your daddy, the devil. But for a believer to cancel me without ever having a conversation, without ever even, you know, really thinking it out, I, that's frustrating to me. It's also frustrating because then I don't know how to minister to you. Right. Being a, I always want to be able to, to get that, that thought across to you. I want to get my, the mind or at least that concept of what's in my mind. I want to get it across to you. So when you cancel me, I, I don't know what to do with you. I don't know what category to put you in. And so anytime you're not able to fulfill your purpose, the ultimate reason why you exist, that leaves a frustration. So for me, that would be the uh, uh, most frustrating thing that I don't, I don't know what to do with you. I don't, want, I don't want to cancel you back. I don't want to ignore you, but mm -hmm. I don't then minister to you or give you the help that you might really need because you canceled me. Wow. 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 You know, I, I want to say something to Apostle Shar. We were talking about that today. Before social media, there was not this... Um, back and forth you know people didn't have this opportunity just to go into a comment and just say mean and cruel things to people and i think that has opened up a lot of different um ways of abuse because people are using these platforms to spew anger and hate toward people do you think that's something that we need to address as a you know, as a Christian community? I mean, I think it should certainly be addressed. And that was a, the second part of what I was going to say is that when you feel like you are just a, 
as anointed as I am, when you feel like you know God as well as I do, and you you may very well, but if you feel like you can't learn anything from me, I don't know that I, again, I don't know that I can help you. Mm -hmm. And that's the other, the culture feels like, um, I, I know as much as you know, mm -hmm. how can you help? I know of people that God is really doing some great things through them and they don't feel like they need to know the history, the, the, uh, the generals and, and the different ones. They don't feel like they need to know anything about them. I don't need to know about them in the sense that I'm trying to be them, but that's our history as far as Christian. And so for Amen. me to need that, I already got my own thing. I'm doing this. That's, that's an issue for me. That's a problem for me. It's a concern. So I don't know that I can help you, even if we taught on it every day. Mm -hmm. until the Lord returns. I don't know that I can help you because you don't feel that you need help. So see the laundry there? That's why it's frustrating. Amen. I, I, you know, and we're seeing that with the, the popularity of, of social media. Mm -hmm. um, you know, you, we, we hear the voice and we see a profile picture. And I remember when catfishing was, was the biggest thing on social media. And it's like now we got all of these different, um, and this is to me what makes it challenging, and I hear what you're saying, that now that there's these people who don't take the time to learn or to understand or to hear, to listen, and, and so you're now almost like fighting upstream. And so you got to deal with it from the perspective of, I don't know you, but I know the spirit, and then they cancel you so that's what dr bridget and i was talking about some time ago uh, you'll go into a room and then all of a sudden you know you're blocked or, mm -hmm. or you know the shade is thrown uh and so that's 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 that one thing and there was but there was a part two of that question um you know we were talking about the challenges of, of ministry but i understand that you and, and your husband you and dad dj um you know you work together in ministry um, and there, there are not so many people who are fortunate to have a spouse, um, you know, like an apostle DJ who can enhance what you do. What are some challenging things when it comes to marriage uh, in ministry? And then don't, well, I have don't to just talk about this. I'm don't just talk about the challenges, but some of the some of the the good things that happen uh, as well. I was going to say I would have to put it into two categories itself. First of all, the younger years for those mm -hmm. that are listening that are newlyweds or, or just younger in marriage versus where we are now. So in the younger years, I think any challenge in ministry is learning how to balance family life with uh, church life. Mm -hmm. So if you are, and particularly if, if both of you all are, are in ministry, actually preaching, teaching, or whatever it is, there's that, if, if that husband is not secure, that's going to create a problem that it won't necessarily create from the wife's side because if we're mm -hmm. not secure we just but if, if a husband's not secure then he's able to really really hinder i think the wife more so because the husband is the head so that that creates a different dynamic right there mm -hmm. and so when you're younger in ministry you have younger if you have children then the children are younger they have more needs uh, as they are younger obviously when they get older then when the, even though they're aging and there's less uh, uh responsibility per se on one level the okay look like we lost um, we lost sound she's talking good too i know 
We lost sound. Can't hear you. Now we can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. A call came in, and I'm sorry. Um, but uh, what part did, what was the last thing you all heard? You were saying if, yeah, if, you know, if the husband is not secure, that causes issues. And then when you have small children, you have to um, be there all for the, your children. All those yeah. are the nuances of life. So you're balancing your, your life with ministry life. And that, that, that can get very ugly, especially when the children are smaller. And then by the same token, even as the children are growing, if you're not giving them what they need, then uh, you have children that grow up hating God because they feel like uh, many wives feel like that the church is the mistress. Well, the kids feel like that's, you know, that was the mm -hmm. mistress and that person that took their, their parents from them. So there's that dynamic. So there's all of those type of things that can be challenges. So anytime I see a family uh, ministry where the children grow up and they're still a part of that, that just warms my heart because it's like, man, yes. The, because that was always God's heart. God is always, there was family before there was church. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. now that church family gets pushed to the side, that's a mistake that many make you know, uh, making ministry when you're real young and you don't know any better. You think, oh, I have to put God first or I'm in sin. So that would be one set of dynamics that come up. The second set of dynamics come up that then now you're aging. And so now you're in the place of life where we are. So we are in our grandparent years. Mm -hmm. So we're a lot more mellow. So working together, first of all, is not an issue because we have been together literally, you know, I have had his name longer than I had my maiden name. Sometimes I have to try to remember what my maiden name was. So, <laughs> you know, that you know, we know each other very well. Uh, it, literally, I can go somewhere and it, there can be, let's say we're going out to a restaurant or he's going to pick up something. I don't have to tell him what I want. He'll say, what do you want? I say, oh, you know, and he, he knows what to bring me. Why? Because he knows my likes, my dislikes. We, we've lived. <laughs> grown up together. So now we're in that place in ministry. And I've shared many times that my husband is one of my biggest supporters. He pushes me. I travel internationally and do what I do, not because I'm not just because I'm with him, but because he's pushed me to do that. So we're at that place where we don't, we, we don't trip with each other like that. Like I know who he is in God. He knows who I am in God. So we, we support each other. I tell anybody, my husband is one of the smartest people that I know, period. He is a brilliant man. So I give him his respect and his kudos. That that doesn't take anything away from me. And he's, mm -hmm. you know, just the same. So that's that, that dynamic of now we've grown up together. We've grown into ourselves together. We've grown past those years of, we've gone past of, um, I, I love you. I want to be with you all the time through the, I don't know, do I still want want to be with you because that does happen <laughs> do I want to be with you? like yeah we're, we're we're in this you know for life so we've gone through all of those phases we've gone through the health issues the health scares and and different things as your body is aging so all of those dynamics we're you know we've gone through all that together so I think that's that has made it for us it's easy for us to work together in ministry you hear people say yeah I want them to be gone because I'm sick of them I don't need them but like we're we're used to it I don't feel right if it's like at a certain point like okay so we're not doing that together really like that's odd for us because we don't yeah. do some things together so we're on that side of it where it's normal for us now ministry that 
that's what we do. That's who we are. And it, that's just who we are now. That's, that's the air that we breathe. That's beautiful. That's yeah. beautiful. That's a beautiful, and, and beautiful that's, love story. It is. <laughs> and it, it's, it's the example um, that we need to see. Uh, and, and, and I know dad is watching, so I'm going to say this, um, not to bribe or to get out of trouble, but we're going <laughs> to be interviewing him at some point here, um, uh, here very soon. And I mean, we, we have two others that, that are going to be coming, uh, on to be interviewed by us. Uh, and, and, and he's going to be in that, the next list of three, I might add. Um, and I saw something, um, um, and I affectionately call them my parents. Yes, uh, my natural parents are, are gone on to be with the Lord. But um, when I accepted the apostolic call to my life, she reached out to me and introduced me to her husband, who then, when she said, there's this relation, listen, you guys are getting the prep now for what's to come. Uh, Mom Fields is, is amazing when it comes to the word of God. I haven't met too many women of God like her. But when she introduced me to her husband, um, you know that mind-blown emoji? Um, whenever I, I talk to him, and he doesn't just call to talk about ministry. He calls to talk about to see how I'm doing and what am I thinking. And uh, even in the correction, yes, I've gotten correction from the two of them. I leave with this <laughs> mind-blown. So you're, you're, going to, you're going to hear from him uh, in the coming days. I know he's watching, so this is going to give him an opportunity um, to prep. Um, so she talked about uh, the rewarding things about ministry. We talked about some challenges uh, in, in, in ministry itself, and we also talked about the marriage piece. Now, for, for, for some of you, you don't, you know, we, you hear us call her an apostle, and her husband is an apostle, and it was my accepting of the apostle's call and anointing on my life that brought us together. And so part of what she does, and you heard us say she travels internationally, Talk about that, if you will, for a moment. What's it like traveling abroad? Um, and, then, and then how were you all received? Because you're going into other countries. Uh, is one thing for that calling and anointing to be accepted here in the States. But you, you, you and, and Dad Fields go internationally. Talk to us about that. Share with us, you know, the highs, the lows, and, and everything that, that comes with that. The highs are, it's an incredible opportunity to see the world, uh, quite honestly. Uh, collectively, we've been to 22 nations and, you know, still growing. Uh, so it's an opportunity to see the world. I'm, I grew up, uh, I'm from Watts, California, you know. Again, uh, somebody from the hood, at, I never, ever thought this, matter of fact, I mean, people that, I mean, actually, I'm rather a, a rather shy person, believe it or not. <laughs> I'm really, really a shy person. That's why I kind of like that alone time. So the fact that God would now then begin to take me around the world, it, it blows my mind. Uh, my husband received, um, well, we were in the military, so that was our first venture of going overseas. So that kind of got our feet wet and used uh, my husband uh, was in, at that time, we were pastoring in our local church, and I'm sure he will share more in depth when he's on. But the Lord said to him, uh, get ready, you're going to Indonesia. And from that, this this adventure began uh, uh, of going uh, to the nations. He, he responded to that call immediately, 
God began to do some things. The first trip he took on his own, I mean, with another team, I didn't go with him. Mm -hmm. When he came back, he was so excited. And he said, you know, I want you to go when we go back. And I thought, yeah, that's not for me. Like, that's honest. I was, it wasn't, a, I ain't doing that. It was like, I just didn't feel that call. Mm -hmm. Honey, I don't for me. I said, but I will help you fundraise. Mm -hmm. I will be your inner, whatever you need. Like, I got your back. But yeah, I don't, I don't think that's me. I really don't. And so he said, okay, well, just pray about it. And I said, okay. We had an opportunity to take a, a trip to uh, Guatemala before that came up. He said, go on this trip with me. He said, and if, and if you like it, then, you know, we'll do Indonesia. If not, I won't ask you anymore. And I said, okay. And so I went with him, absolutely loved it. And then, um, you know, we've, we've gone ever since then. I've, I've been going with him. I love it. I took my first solo international trip in 2020 in the midst of the pandemic wow. and going on. And I don't want to go into details. I'm writing my book, so I'm going to leave some of it for the book. But that was my first time going internationally on my own. And when, when the opportunity presented itself, this is how much I'm telling you my husband is for me. When they asked me, I was just like I was the first time when my husband said, you need to go. I was like, I'm thinking to myself, I didn't tell them no, but on the other, on the other end of the phone, I'm like, I know that ain't God. Like they, <laughs> I wasn't even gonna pray about it like oh, okay great you know you do those what sure sure okay I, I'll let you know I get off the phone and, I, and I'm telling my husband she said I should come by myself and I'm thinking he's gonna say oh there's no way and he goes you should really, really like you think I'm gonna no you really should you should go over there I was like god I oh okay so then I started considering it and then everything came mm -hmm. together I called her back and I gave for a yes but that's how much he pushes me and so that's mm -hmm. how all of the journey began and and just continues we're generally over there a couple times a year just in that region alone not not even again kind of how it began with us starting to do that uh being a woman in that part of the world this is when you really really have to be careful i cannot go over there number one being a woman and i'm going to push my mm -hmm. way i'm a woman at that I'm an African-American woman. Uh, I, I can't go over there with any of that. I have to go over there recognizing that I'm an ambassador of the Lord. And I just came to preach the gospel. For the most part, I am addressed as pastor. If they call me apostle, it's only because they, it's almost like you say Jesus, like that's his first, or Christ is his last name. Mm -hmm. You know, okay. if they call me apostle it's because they think it's part of my name not necessarily under but it's because okay. they don't understand the, the function of the fivefold because all they typically hear is pastor and bishop most of the time they refer to my husband as bishop and he is a consecrated bishop so it's not that it's in error but they generally call him bishop and they call me they will call me apostle Shar. but again it's because that's they think it's my first name <laughs> so <laughs> I, I I've learned how not to be offended by that because ultimately I'm there to preach the gospel. Mm -hmm. There, I'm there to whatever the particular assignment assignment is when we go. So I don't. I'm not offended by that. My first trip over there with my husband, uh, it it was difficult. It was the cultural things that I was not used to. It was that, you know, I'm a Western woman, mm -hmm. so there's certain mm -hmm. things to do that here I'm gonna take up for myself. I couldn't do that there. So I learned through the, the school of hard knocks how I couldn't take any of those things to, 
to those nations. I had to just take Jesus. That wasn't always easy, but I, I learned how to bite my tongue. I learned how to go to the hotel and then just not go off on my husband, but give it to my husband so I could get it out. And he's like, right. yeah, honey, I know. So I, I learned the hard way and it was through trial and error. But again, I told you at the top, I love God. So I loved God mm -hmm. more than I loved trying to uh, know you need to know who I am. No, I love God more. And, and whether it's just myself or my husband and I together, we go as ambassadors of the kingdom of God. We don't go as Americans. We don't, there have been a lot of opportunities where we could be very offended as Americans, but we would have to suck all that up and just keep telling ourselves we're here to represent the kingdom of God. So it's been a great, a great blessing. There have been some challenges. Mm -hmm. We're not 20 anymore, so there are certain things that if you start doing at 20, it will be much easier to now be at the age of life that we are and you keep doing that. You can't start at the age that we started and just certain things that are a bit difficult but mm -hmm. you just have to suck it up <laughs> and you just have to, you have to give the word. It, it, some things have been very difficult. There have been some challenges, but we have weathered them all. We were in one nation and the person that was supposed to be hosting us uh, got upset with us about something. To this day, we don't really know what that was. She abandoned us until we were over in this nation. When we're in Indonesia, because we've gone over there so much, we're, we can get around pretty pretty well. I know enough words. I, I can make it. And I can look at certain signs and figure things out. In this particular nation, with the caricatures and all of that, we couldn't figure out a thing. So we really did have to depend on God. But that's one of the great things about us traveling together. When we realized we were abandoned, we just kind of looked at each other and said, it's just me and you, you know? It's like, yeah. Well, what are we going to do? Well, dear, we need to eat. Let's just walk down the street and discover like we were in this together so we just we went on this journey together but that again that was the great thing about being together we encouraged each other and i said no god god's gonna work that out the god's gonna and we just pulled together and you know and god work and god literally did work it out to the point that by the end of the trip we were not only staying now in the embassy of that nation with, with their ambassador but we were in the the uh ambassador's car we were eating at their home like all of those things got con con completely turned it around he flipped it so that person that meant it for evil uh he turned it around for our good because we we trust god we love god it was always the mission of putting him first mm -hmm. and we kept the attitude and god changed that so that's just just a couple of the challenges that we have there have been challenges but they do not uh god's blessings has far uh outweighed all of the challenges I would have been back at the airport. <laughs> Somebody would have got me home. Let me share this. Go on. We had one year that it was time for us to go, and we always had um, had those that would uh, pledge to give so much on the on the the trips. And so it came time for for us to go, and the people that had committed, they everyone had backed out. The monies were not coming in, and so you know. The date was getting closer. Our, our our person was calling us. Hey, you know, are you guys coming? We have these meetings set up. They're looking for it. And we didn't have the money. And so we just kept praying and kept praying. And so enough money came in for one ticket. And again, this was the time I had never gone by myself. So I, I looked and the Lord said, buy your husband's ticket. And I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, now, you know, 
I don't want to fly over there by myself. I knew the money would come in, but I didn't want to come later. I said, Lord, I, you know, I don't want to fly over there by myself. I said, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to buy the ticket because you told me to. I said, but I'm asking you for the monies to come in. And I'm asking you that the same flight will be available, that I can be on the flight with my husband. And so when my husband that, that night, he said, I said, okay, um, the Lord told me to buy your ticket. And he said, are you sure? And I said, yeah, that's, that's what God said to do. And so I shared that with someone and uh, the testimony and they were, okay, well, I, I really hope that I said, no, God's going to do just what I asked him to do. I said, we, we will be leaving now week blah 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 and this was again this is a week before time to go i bought his ticket that tuesday night by thursday the monies came in for my ticket same flight same price everything we're on the plane we're going what bishop uh, apostle dj does not tell me is that there's only enough money that if something goes wrong he can change the ticket and we can come right back home he doesn't tell me we don't have any extra money so we get there, <laughs> some things you, you all tell us. He knew he didn't need to tell me that. So we get there, the people pick us up. And, you know, we've been flying for so many hours. We're dog tired. We don't want to eat or anything. But they said, come on, let's go get something to eat. Okay. So we go to the restaurant and we're eating. And I'm just, you know, yawn. I'm trying not to yawn because it's very rude. But after that many hours, you can't help it. And I'm thinking to myself, please just let us go to the hotel. Mm -hmm. And so they said, well, I'm sorry, we were going to stay with a host family. Uh, well, I may as well tell you, uh, the people that were supposed to host you, they, they're not able to do it uh, tonight. And so uh, they said they should be able to do it by tomorrow. And so, you know, my husband and I, we look at each other and we just laugh at this point because like, what are we going to do? And he says, uh, but I, I'm, I'm waiting for somebody else to call. I'm just trying to wait to see. And so we just sit there and my husband has this thing he starts doing with his thumbs. I, I, I know something's up at that point. So, <laughs> um, I'm, looking at, I'm trying not to freak this couple. And so the phone rings. This is the other call that he was looking for. And so we have somewhere to stay. And so the trip kind of went, went like that the whole time. And so after we get to these people's house, this is when he tells me, yeah, we didn't have any money for a hotel. <laughs> what do you mean we didn't, <laughs> we didn't have any money to get here? And I, I was trusting God. I was like, oh, God. So we, we're on the first island, the first city. We minister there, get ready to go. We go to the next city. Same thing. We're supposed to have a host family. We get there, he picks us up, we're having a great time. He's driving, as he's driving us, we think to the host family's house. He says, oh yeah, by the way, everybody fell through. At this point, Apostle DJ and I just start laughing. Okay, guys, you're up to something. You're really gonna do <laughs> So we, he said, let's just go to such and such hotel. And he's like, he said, we said, we don't have money for the hotel. He said, oh, we're gonna go over there. I'm sure, you know, something's gonna work out. I just put my sunglasses on and went to sleep. I thought, you know, it's nothing I can do at this rate. So we get to the hotel. I come in. I sit down. My husband and our uh, the guy, he go coordinator, he goes up to the thing and they're they're talking, talking, and finally he comes to get me. And I said, we have a room. And he said, yeah, come on. And I said, okay. We get to the room. He closes the door. And I said, how did we get a room? He said, Charlotte. He said, there's no money on that card. I said, what are you? <laughs> He said, they ran hard. I'm telling you, there's no money on that card. I said, and it went through? He said, yes. 
Wow. I just laid oh. <laughs> I leaned back in the chains. I said, Father, I don't know what you're doing, but I know that you're in control. So that's been our life <laughs> as missionaries. Uh, so people that say they want to do missions, they want to go, and they want I'm telling you, it's not easy, and it's not for the faint of heart. If you're not called to it, don't do it. This is not a time to go shopping <laughs> and feel. We get to do some of those things, but we also have to get past the hard things. And there have been a lot of hard things, but that was just one of the times. And I want to tell you, it was so many things that happened on that trip. But when we came back, remember, we went there. He had that $100, $200 to change a ticket to come home. When we returned home, we not only had money, we had six months. We had money to live on for six months, and we took a vacation when we came back. trip where we wow. went because we did what God told us to do. That's what I'm talking about when I'm saying it has been, it has been, there have been some lows, but there have been some incredible highs and all glory goes to God. Praise God. I love that wow. story. No wonder you love mystery and suspense. <laughs> that's that's you right live, there. That's the life you live. Ifs, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. So it, will your book be a suspense or a mystery? No, it's actually going to be a a, a bi a, it'll be biographical. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can't wait. Hurry <laughs> up. <laughs> Pray for that. Right wow. Done. <laughs> Amen. Wow. You know, you you shared some things in that, and, and I'm hoping, I'm praying, um, that a lot of our women in ministry heard what you said. Um, because, and we spoke about this on, on several occasions, Mom, about women in ministry. Um, you know, going overseas, you had to deal with a couple of things. Cultural differences was one. Um, you know, we couldn't go, you couldn't go over as Americans. You had to go over uh, as ambassadors of Christ, men and women uh, of God, which was a challenge in itself when you're dealing with cultural differences. Um, but then you spoke about being an African-American woman. Um, and I understand that there are some challenges overseas for women in any field of business or, or ministry, uh, much as if not more than what we experience or what you experience here in the States. Talk to uh, the young ladies that are watching uh, that are in ministry uh, and give them um, a little bit of something that they can glean from. And I often talk about shattering the glass ceiling uh, in ministry, which I believe God has given some of us that sledgehammer to do so we get to afford opportunities. Talk to them a little bit about that challenge and then what God has given you to do uh, that takes it to another level for you and the women in ministry. Well, I want to say, first of all, go. I mean, do it, whether it's for ministry or it's for business. There are so many uh, for women. We are, it's really the decade of the woman. So, any woman that feels like she can't do something, wow, I, I, I want to pull that down right now in the name of the Lord, because there are so many incredible opportunities, period. But right. when you begin to go, these, it, it, it's going to open you up in so many ways. It is going to open, open you up culturally, culturally, excuse me, but really in a positive way, because so many times, as I stated from, from where I was, uh, the way that I grew up, I never considered going to another another country. Uh, 
it, because we're so close, because we're on the West Coast, Mexico would have been the height of it. <laughs> you know, going over to Mexico, that's a that's a car drive. You know what I mean? That's the car ride. Mm -hmm. That's the car ride. That's the plane. I, I have family members that have never been on a plane. I have family members that have never left our state. I have family members that they may have gone, our parents were originally from Oklahoma, so they may have gone to Oklahoma and back. But outside of that, for those that have done that, that's, that's as far as they have gone. So I don't want anybody to live and die in the same city. Right. If you don't buy a plane ticket and go to another state, go somewhere, don't limit yourself. When you go to these other nations, you're gonna find a greater appreciation. Number one, the fact that you are American, it's, it's actually a plus. People can say what they want about America and God knows we have a lot of issues, but they, the world looks up to America. Mm -hmm. There are people when they meet us and they'll say, oh, you're from the U.S. Like their, their, their eyes light up like, like you're a Santa Claus or something. Like they see it as being the ultimate. Mm -hmm. So the fact right. that you will another nation, there are going to be so many other things. Uh, it's just going to open you up. For many women that say they can't find a husband here. Uh, trust me, you can find one in other countries. So just in the natural, there is a lot of opportunity opportunity number one number two there, there's a different way of living so it's just going to expand you in so many ways when it comes to ministry when you go over there and th this would apply for business as well uh the first thing you want to do is you do want to understand the culture don't one of the worst things you could do as an american and i learned that even when we were in the military when we were overseas you don't go over there saying well yeah we, we don't do, in, in, in america we don't do that yeah i can't do you don't do that because you're going to cut yourself off from so many things that will be such a blessing for you. So when you go there, learn as much as much about the culture before you go and once you get there as possible. And don't just stay within the confines of the American hotels, the mm -hmm. American this, the begin to immerse yourself in within that culture because when you do, this is the one thing we found out, the more that they saw how genuine we were, the more we opened up to them, then each year they would open up it was, it was like different little doors that got opened to us that were not open the year before because they saw, saw that we had a heart for them. These are loving people. These are people that they just want God. We go over there and if you give a prophetic word, these uh, people of God, they're walking around. If this is, I mean, use this, if this is their phone, they have it, the voice recorder right up to your mouth. Because if you're speaking the word of the Lord, they don't want to let one of those words fall to the ground. They want to make mm -hmm. sure you play it over and over. They honor the word of God. So it's going to charge your faith. It's going to build you up. You're going to be able to see things that God will do through you there, that there is anointings there that's oil that's waiting to be released in you that you never would have experienced had you stayed in America. When we get there, we normally have a schedule that's done for us. I remember, uh, I think it was my first time, first or second time there, but I had my schedule and I'm looking at it and it's like, it was pretty packed. It was pretty, pretty packed. And then they updated it. And when I looked at the updated one, I saw I had a healing me meeting on there. I said, I do healing meetings. <laughs> like, <laughs> and okay, Lord. So when I got to the meeting, I just said, look, Lord, if you opened this door, you had them, you gave them my name for a reason. They could have put my husband on this. They put it on me. That means you're going to do it through me. And God did exactly that. Someone was deaf and God opened up their ears. That was something I never would have called for. He, 
healing meeting here in the States. But that increased my faith. That pressed me to a place that I had not been before. So there were, there were just so many opportunities to allow God to use you. And while we're here fighting over pulpits and opportunities, mm -hmm. I'm telling you, you go there, there are plenty of opportunities to minister the word of God, not just to women, but to everybody, or if you just want whatever type of ministry you want, there are so many opportunities to, to minister. So don't limit yourself to the U.S. Don't limit yourself to what, what you see right here. There's so, look, God is the God of the world. The U.S. Mm -hmm. is not the God of America. God is the God <laughs> of the world. And if you would give him an opportunity to use you, there are souls that need to be saved. And the word says that, that gospel of the kingdom has to be preached and it must be preached to every nation and then shall the income so for those that are saying when is the lord coming you haven't been to preach the gospel anywhere yet Amen. and so if you're going to put that title on your name or you have that desire to do i'm telling you you make yourself available and you'll see some tremendous things take place apostle shore so yes. when you visit these countries are you in the rural areas do you ever go out into the rural areas we are somewhat rural when, okay. um, and I have, I have to, the, the precursor to it is this, at, cert, at my age, there's certain things I'm not going to do. Yeah. It would take God saying, you have to do that. And that's just being very honest, okay? <laughs> Some things that are just harder for me to do. My husband tends to be this, uh, you know, my husband really is this adventurous kind of person. I call him... Uh, the James Bond uh, apostle. He's that very adventurous person. And the harder it seems, the more difficult it seems, you know, he wants to do it. For those really, really rural places, I don't, I don't volunteer for those. Uh, we, one of our coordinators, he was, they, they go into those places and he was talking about like, you guys should go one time. And I said, okay, well, tell me what it would take to get there. He said, oh, fly so many hours. Then you're going to be on a canoe that he lost me on a canoe, really. You're gonna be on a canoe. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna hike for three days. I said, "Oh yeah, I see y'all when y'all get back." Just <laughs> meet me at the hotel. Right. <laughs> My first year going, we went to Indonesia for three weeks. Came home for two weeks. Came back. Went to Africa for three weeks. Came home, and then we were supposed to go to India. I I I canceled India. I I said I can't wow. do it, and I told my husband. I said, I know who I am. I am the Gucci missionary. That That's who I am. That's what I named myself. Not because I was Christian in that sense. Gucci to me meant I have a Western toilet and a clean bed. That was Gucci for me. And every so I said, yeah, dear, that's not, that's not for me. But, uh, you know, it's, so some things I, I won't say I do rural, but I will do. I definitely do. We do very small churches. We do home meetings. We do meetings with thousands of people. We are in schools. We go to offices. They have church everywhere over there. Wow. It's not just the building. I mean, literally everywhere. So we've been in all type of all type of environments. That's uh, amazing. It, it's my my schedule on a Sunday. If I if I don't kind of control it, like I will have five. Uh, I would have five um, uh, services. My husband would have five services mm -hmm. separate. Mm -hmm. or, and then what we started doing, what I would try to do, because towards, cause we're, we're over there anywhere from one to two months. So towards the end, then I would start having them put us together. And then we preach in tandem. It just helps to save our voices and things like that, mm -hmm. because it physically. It, That's amazing. 
amazing. <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm so excited about this interview because we're learning so much about you. I'm so, oh God, I admired you, but I'm like in awe, like, oh my gosh. So y'all go for one to two months? One to two months, because you have to remember, we don't have small children. So we don't have that challenge if I have to get back home and, you know, I have kids. To, like, we don't have that. We, we can be, the only reason we, we don't stay longer is because of our grandkids. If, yeah. if it wasn't for, them, especially my husband, then we would probably move there and then visit here. Honestly. That is so cool. That's so cool. (laughs) Y'all, we have so many wonderful, wonderful people watching us from our Clubhouse family. We see, yeah, we had Prophet David Beaver watching with us. We also have Prophet Delane Coleman watching with us. We have with us Prophetess Chanel watching with us. Yay! (laughs) They sending you love. They sending you love, Apostle. Oh, my goodness. It's been an amazing night. Guys, just to reset what we've been doing, we have have with us Apostle Sharfields, and she is absolutely amazing. And we have with us Bishop Neal. Bishop Neal Smith is our host tonight, and we're interviewing Apostle Sharfields. We're talking about the ministry, and not just the ministry. We have had some fun with her. (laughs) You know what? She is serious. She's mm-hmm. serious business. So just to get some of these fun facts out about her has been amazing. Mm. So Bishop, what's your next question? So this is really, this is my last question. Um, and again, I did send this to her, um, you know, because so much there's mystery um, uh, around the, 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 uh, the anointing of the apostle. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to give this to her uh, to answer the apostles, explain the apostles' anointing. Uh, but much like she's done all evening, um, she's shared some things from her heart. But I'm going to ask her um, uh, as we are getting ready to close out, however long that's going to take. Because, you know, some preachers have one close, others have five or ten. Um, I want her to explain the apostles' anointing. And then as the Lord leads her. Give us a word uh, from the Lord on tonight. What would you say uh, in, in like your closing, you know, whether it be 5, 10, 15 minutes? It's ain't clubhouse, so you don't have to worry about that two minutes. Um, <laughs> two to three I, minutes. I, I want you to, to share something with us uh, from the heart of God to you uh, as only mom shar or as in, uh, and, and I and I, I love David B. There, as he say, my auntie and he and Chanel, they they put emphasis on my auntie, right? Share something with us uh, from the Word of the Lord. But first, explain the the anointing of the apostle, uh, and and then give us something uh, that the Lord has given you for us. Amen. Well, just very uh, basically, you know, to anoint, we know means to smear, to smear upon. Okay, <laughs> and so the divine conferring of supernatural powers and authority for someone. Uh, so whether it's the apostle, prophet, or whomever it may be, it's a supernatural thing uh, that God has done. I want to use this word, and I know that Apostle Neil will be familiar with it because I know that Apostle DJ has used it for him. But apostles, <clears throat> excuse me, operate in a plenipotentiary status. You remember mm-hmm. that word? <laughs> yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> To define that a plenipotentiary is one delegated with undiscretionary power and authority by God. 
Many people say that uh, prophets say what God is saying, but God uh, uh, backs up what the apostle says. And that's one of the major differences when we're talking about that being an apostle. Uh, we understand that word plenipotentiary because it was used during the time of General MacArthur as he was dispatched to help uh, oversee the rebuilding of uh, World War II. And he went and the, the authority that he had operating in that, in that office was this, whatever he said, even the president could not change it. He could come, wow. but that was the type of authority that this man had in order uh, to carry out what needed to be carried out. And that's uh, really what we talk about when we talk about an apostle. And that's why people need to be very careful. And, and I've said it many times in Clubhouse and other uh, venues, uh, just uh, taking a title to have, so I can say that I, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a prophet, I'm apostle, I'm an evangelist, pastor, teacher, whatever it may be. You better be sure that's what you're called to, because when you make that announcement, you are announcing to the spirit realm. Okay, so mm. you're telling you can take that warfare that comes with that title. And so you people need to be very, very serious about that call that is upon their life. It is not an automatic ascension. I was a pastor, then I became a prophet, and now I've ascended to an apostleship. That that's not what it's yeah. about. Anyone that says tells me that they're called to be an apostle, I want you to go read the, uh, the life again of, of Apostle Paul. I want you to look at the other apostles when it talked about everything that they went through: shipwrecked, uh, left for dead, stoned, mm. had had to be uh, 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 taken out of the, uh, uh, sent out of the city, hidden in the basket. All of those things that the apostles went through. I want you to go and read about what the twelve how they died. The only one that did not die a horrible death was uh, John, who was exiled to the uh, Isle of Patmos, but he was boiled in oil. They just couldn't kill him. So I want you to begin to do that. And then I want you to come back and tell me that you're an apostle. Listen, we have lost a grandchild. We have had so much loss. We, I mean, there have been so, so much hell that we have gone through. So when we say that we're apostles, we, we, be, we bear the marks. That's what the scripture says about uh, the apostles in the Bible, that they bear the mark. We bear the marks of our apostleship. Mm -hmm. It's not something to pay anybody money to become this. I, I, I was a teacher. This is, listen, when I, I was growing up, this is why I know that what you're called to do, you come into the world to being that. When I was growing up as a little girl, I wanted to be a teacher. The only thing I knew about being a teacher was you know, obviously secondary education, go to the school and teach someone. I never thought about it. I, I knew nothing about a teacher as far as the word of God other than a Sunday school teacher. I'm a Baptist girl. So that was the only thing I knew. I didn't know that there was an office called the teacher. I didn't know that was something that God would actually call you to do. But that was something I always desired to do from a very young girl. Okay. And so as I, I got saved and I, and I began to uh, live for the Lord, I still didn't know that's what I was called to do. But there reached a certain point in my life where God began to uh, uh, pull me towards that. And I began to teach the women of God, pull them together. And I began to teach them. And God just, you know, continued to elevate me. And God spoke to me and said that I was an apostle. I was not trying to do anything. God spoke to me and said, you are my apostle. That's how I know that's what I'm called to do. But when I look back over my life, I look at how God tutored me, how he brought me along, how he always connected me to individuals. I never had friends, for the most part, that were on my level, in particularly in the mm -hmm. marketplace. 
they were always the supervisors, the managers, the owners. Those are people that I always connected to because he was always drawing me somewhere. He was always, always taking me higher. So he always made that connection to me to make sure that there were certain ingredients that were put in me because of where he was sending me, because of what he called me to do. And then he would he would connect me to an apostle who, I'm telling you, we weren't saved, we weren't saved. We met in a nightclub. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but he was an apostle. Remember, we were, we were who we were, but he would bring me together and connect me with an apostle who would then continue to tutor me and bring me up to where I, I needed to be because my husband uh, was much more uh, uh, settled in who he was. I wasn't really settled in who I was for, for a number of reasons. He was more settled in who he was. So he would continue that tutelage that I needed to bring me to that place. So when God said it, I knew. There was no question in mind. I never vacillated from it. I never, I never went back and said, well, Lord, I never questioned it because of all the tutelage that I had received over the years. So that's really a condensed version, but I know what God called me to do. So wherever I go, I, if, if you call me, that is my title and that's how I'm going to introduce myself. But if you don't call me that, it doesn't offend me. You know why? I know who I am. Mm -hmm. I know what God has called me to do. I know that, that again, I bear the marks of the apostle. I know the loss. I know the, the near-death experiences. I know all of that that we have experienced. We have paid the price for what we're called to do. And then the mm -hmm. fact that God began to send us sons and daughters, uh, such as Apostle Neil, that he would begin to send us to the nations to disciple his people to train his leaders that he would have people reaching out and, and, and trying to uh, uh trying to get uh counseling from us and the various things that it's it's all god it's all god of the of, of all of my from a very large family my husband and i are the only ones that stayed together that raised our children together not because we're special but because god said i'm going to use you to do this and to do that. So anything that I do, I give all glory to him. So as far as that question yeah. goes, that, does that help cover that question, Apostle Neil? Uh, yeah, yes, ma'am, and then some. And Amen. Then some. Amen. So I have a question, okay. Apostle. Um, so an apostle. So is it that the apostle um, sets <clears throat> up churches? and then what does an apostle do that is one of the things because when you when you study the history of the new testament church pastors did not start as you never see that in scripture apostles mm -hmm. established the work it was the okay. apostles then and they went back and they set up elders there was a presbytery there were a group of leaders that were to run the church and then they appointed elders over each of the fellowships over the, each of the churches that were established apostles start churches okay? okay so always the work of the lord there are many uh men and women of god that go by the title pastor who are actually apostles okay and then there are a lot that are neither they need to be <laughs> somewhere in somebody's church to be quite <laughs> but scripturally speaking <laughs> apostles start churches but that's just such a, a basic element of what an apostle does apostles they establish doctrine if you as an apostle are not uh, establishing order and, and, and laying and establishing things and making sure things are lined up the way that they should be, you're not really walking out your full apostleship. I'm not saying you're not an apostle. I'm just saying it's like someone that's called to be a prophet 
uh, giving you a personal word is really low-level prophecy. There's so much more to being a prophet, but the, but our our society has made us feel like as long as you can give me a word, then you're this powerful prophet. Mm -hmm. I don't have to be, I can give you a word. So there's so much more to the apostleship than just starting churches. Uh, that's what people say, oh, so you're going and, and you're opening churches. Well, I can do that, but that's not all I'm called to do. The apostle can actually operate in all five folds. Wow. Uh, of the oh. gifts, the the prophet, the pastor, the teacher, and the evangelist. The apostle has the ability. They're that 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 thumb that can do all of that. Okay, so, so there's so more to the apostleship, and that's not really being taught, and particularly in African American churches, we don't we haven't taught on these things. We have been uh, really really far behind. We're beginning to teach on those things now, but there's so much more to the apostleship than just uh, starting churches, even though that's very important. Okay, well we have a question. Um, oh gosh, can you see anything, Bishop? It's the way uh, the wording is. Yeah, it I, says saying. Okay. Why is? Yeah, that's. I, I don't have my glasses on. Well, it's not the glasses. It's it's the writing. Uh, why is it that some that are apostles belittle other apostles, saying they are not really apostles simply because? they don't have a church because it's limited understanding okay all of it boils down to my understanding i'm i'm any any uh, man or woman of god that's over a, a local body or or if it's a it may not be my local body but i'm let's say i'm responsible for teaching people each week i can only teach you according to what i know and so if mm -hmm. my not very clear on those things and i'm not uh I'm not tied to someone that's training me or I'm not seeking any type of training, then I, I'm, I can only teach you what I know. That's, I should not be belittling any other ministry gift, period. That's not what I'm called to do. I'm called to train leaders. I'm called to build up the body of Christ. And so if my platform consists of me putting everyone else down, I need to sit down. That mm -hmm. means I'm, at that, I used to tell people like, you're around people that do a, uh, use a lot of profanity. And I say to them, you're telling me that you have a limited capacity to speak that mm -hmm. the only way they talk is by cursing anybody can do that it takes someone with a, an increased capacity to use uh, to be more proficient with their words and so someone if that's all that they want to do is put down another ministry gift that that's their issue that's really not the people that they're even and they may be even uh speaking some things that are true but is that going to help me get to heaven is that going to strengthen me help me fulfill my purpose if it's not honestly i i don't want to hear it mm -hmm. that's where right. we're trying to say hey you know what we need to pray for someone so they're having this issue and there really shouldn't be a lot of talk about that then let's pray for them but if that's the only thing that i have to say that's more on me than it is the person that's even doing the wrong amen this is really really good this is really good i think a lot of people don't understand the fivefold ministry sure. and so without understanding who we're talking about and what their roles are is very hard to hear from god sometimes because you don't really know who is who in the dynamics so um how do you choose an um an apostle or you know how do do god speak to you or 
how does that work? You mean as an individual to cover yeah, me? Like what? With you and your husband being apostles and that you train, you train, um, is it pastors or is it just anybody? We will train, we train any, any and all of the fivefold as well as, again, I, I said earlier, I'm a Baptist girl. I grew up in a Baptist church that, you know, I was, you could not beat me at Bible drills. You could not beat me at any of that stuff. I was, that was my thing that that's what I knew to be. Um, and so on Sundays, I actually do a Bible study with a bunch of Baptist women. Some of them are my family, hmm. some of from, from other backgrounds, but most of them are Baptist. I teach them and it's a very basic class, but I do it because they need the training. That's I do good. it because they need to hear yeah. the kingdom of God. So even though a couple of them are leaders, uh, but I, but that, that would be one of my exceptions to the rule. They needed the training. It, it was a number of circumstances that brought it about, but I, I'm teaching them some principles of the word that they were not getting. Uh, so that that's one of my exceptions. But for the most part, we we train leaders, but we don't just limit it to leaders. So okay. anybody that I would myself personally, if I'm looking for someone like if I'm going to watch someone on on, on television, on the Internet or whatever, I, I'm going to see are they speaking what I need? I don't I don't listen to everybody's preaching, not because I think I'm all that, but I have a particular diet. Mm -hmm. And right. I if you're not on my palate, I'm not going to listen to you. That doesn't mean you're not saved. That doesn't mean that mm -hmm. you're not blessing people. You're just not for me. Amen. Something Amen. That's good. I don't eat chitlins, but it's a whole <laughs> bunch of people that love them. You know what I mean? So, so you have to find that person that is preparing that meal that ministers to your spirit. There's something that you need. I tell any leader, whatever you tell me you're called to do, I expect to see that reflected in your library. So whether it's on your iPad, phone, your computer, your physical library, you tell, especially if you tell me that you're called to be a prophet and you don't have any books on, on prophecy and prophesying, I'm going to call you a liar. You can't tell me you're called to be a prophet and nobody's training you. If you tell me that you're called to be a prophet and you're not under someone's tutelage, I have an issue with you because we don't need anybody else that can, that's just giving us some words. We need people that are going to be under seasoned prophets that are going to teach you those, those highs, those lows, those nuances. That, that's how it is with any of the fivefold ministry. Whatever you tell me you're called to do, I need to see the first thing I want to do. I'm going to ask you, tell me what books do you have? What books are you reading? So I'm going to start like that. So anybody uh, that's looking for an apostle, you, you should look for an apostle that's going to, <clears throat> excuse me, that's going to challenge you. If they're not going to challenge you, you're just looking for a friend. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I took over your interview, <laughs> Bishop. I took over your interview. I'm sorry. No, you didn't, you didn't take you, sure, you, you, it. You the boss and pay the bills, so I, I'm good. <laughs> Apostle Shar is so interesting to me. I just took over. I'm not <laughs> going to tell her what you really said. I'm going to, I just threw you under the bus. I'm uh, sorry. Uh, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. You know, the one thing uh, when you, you why said. Why are you acting you like that? Stop it. Stop it. I was getting ready to ask my question. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, uh, I said something. I was I was in the room. I think it was uh, uh, on Clubhouse uh, Sunday night, um, and Dad Dad Fields came in, and there were some people.
people there, uh, and I sense something um, in reference to the two of them. Um, you know, because I never went looking for this, uh, and I didn't say when when someone said, you know, you're functioning and operating as an apostle. I, I told them right off the rip, I don't believe in that. Um, I believed that if God called me, I was going to do what he called me to do. Not that I had to do it from a bishop, which I ran from for years, or an apostle. Um, but I, I'm grateful for Apostle DJ and Apostle Shar um, because they've cultivated a family. Um, and the teaching of what they do um, uh, it, it helps enhance who we are, not just as the ministry gift, but as the individuals whom God calls. And I was so appreciative in meeting, and that's why I said we got to get we're going to have Apostle DJ on mm -hmm. because he he's that glue. Uh, he's there. They they work so well together um, uh, that when you know, and what I said was they cultivated a family. So there's those of us. Um, some are watching. Um, I'm I'm glad that um, yeah, I'm a son. I'm not rubbing that in. I'm I'm saying that for a specific reason because you know the beavers. You know, and I'm, I'm not sure if they're still watching. Um, but they're like, you know, they're like your first cousins who are really more like your brother and sister. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, and so you, you see this little community uh, that mom and dad uh, fields sit there. And then they have their mom who's a part of it. And there's others who have helped in the community. So it is taking a village. And they are doing such an amazing job. I have no problem sharing. I did it first. I had an issue. That's why he just got upset because I took over the interview. I didn't get upset because you took over the interview. Uh, I got upset because you're trying to weasel your way into being a part of this. <laughs> <laughs> but they've cultivated a family. And if you pay very close attention and follow them in social media, on Clubhouse or wherever, you're going to get some settings with them that's going to be that that's going to lead you don't have to ask the question the spirit is going to reveal it god is going to release it and and, and you're just going to be in a place where you're going to be better for it and it wasn't that i didn't believe in the works of the apostles or prophets i just never had anybody to teach mm -hmm. us or lead us amen the way we're getting tonight and so now i'm just going to say close us out with a word <clears throat> what is god saying do what you do best, because I, I know there are some people saying, man, I wish this dude would shut up so, so Apostle Shar could give us a word. So I'm done, and whatever happens after that is going to be between you, God, uh, and, and then Dr. Bridget. Amen. Man, well, thank you so much for your, your very, very kind words. I was um, really, really God is putting on my heart the fact that he is doing a, if I can use the word cleansing in the body of Christ, we in, in our room that we do on Thursdays, we talked about the scripture when it says that uh, in the last days that perilous times would come and that word perilous means to reduce the strength. That's what we are seeing in the body of Christ. Our strength has been reduced. Therefore, our effectiveness has been reduced. And what I see the Lord beginning to do now is that he is he is, he is, he's allowed it mm -hmm. because we had to come ourselves. And now he's beginning to, to rebuke, to restore and to re uh, uh, assign and send us out again 
to do the work of ministry. It's not about a, a person. It's not about a denomination. Okay. It's about building the kingdom of God. It's about us understanding who we are and standing up tall in that. Uh, again, I, I'm a church girl. I, I grew up in church. I knew church things, but I didn't know God. And it was not until years later that I, I became a believer. I gave my heart to the Lord. That's disgraceful that someone would be in church every week and not know God. But wow. that's the endeavor on the church that we've allowed to, to go on because we've been doing church and not being the church. Mm -hmm. And so my encouragement to the people of God is let's lay aside the foolishness, let's get rid of the dross, and let's be the church because we have a lost and a dying world that if we don't change yeah. what we're doing, we will be part of the lost and the dying. If we don't change what we, we are doing, we will become that one who is now irrelevant, who is going to church, who is doing religious things, but don't know God. I do not want to be that denies the power thereof. I, I know the right lingo. I know how to dress. I know how to say things. I, I know how to maneuver in those circles, but I don't know God. This, it, it is time for us to be the church. It is time for us to be that legislative arm of heaven because that's what the ecclesia is. To be the one that Jesus said, I, I'm leaving you here as my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. In other words, hell with its gates erected can't keep you out when you need to go get your stuff, when you need to go get your children, when you need to go get your health, when you need to go get your finances, when you need to go get everything that God promised you, hell's gates cannot keep you out. And he's, hell has kept us out for too long because we've not known who we were. Wow. And we've been trying to have this image. If I just say the right thing, if I dress the right way, if I just get connected to the right people, then I'll be okay. Mm -mm. Hell still has our stuff. And it's time for us to go after what God has given us. So no longer will we be the, the, those ones uh, caught up in the perilous times. We are living in the perilous times, but we don't have to allow the perilous times to then become us. It's time for the church to be the church. Amen. 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 You know, I just heard in my spirit, this is funny. I just heard David Bieber in my spirit say, you just stirred me up. I just got it. I just, and, and so he, he's going to be coming. Listen, everybody, real quick, send up some hearts for Apostle Shar if you're watching. Send some hearts. Um, we honor the Lord for her and what she did on tonight. Um, you know, this is, this is our live. This is our first. Um, and, and, and there's going to be more to come. I, I see a part two. Uh, with I see Apostle a part, part two. <laughs> yeah, and, and that part two might have she and her husband. That would be so uh, good. Sitting, sitting next to each other. Um, uh, and, and, and then, you know, just being a blessing to the body of Christ. Who is our next uh, person that we're going to interview? I, I released it. I, I should have said it's going to be a secret. But I know he took some notes, and he had was stirred up tonight. And so in a couple of weeks, we're going to have Apostle David Beaver. Amen. Uh, I call him my favorite clubhouse preacher. Uh, and when he gets going, I also see a part two with he and his sister. Um, Lord have mercy. <laughs> when the two of them together work and operate together, uh, there's such an anointing 
uh, over them. And and so we know they come from good stock. But I'm looking for a part two, Mom. Okay. Um, and oh, so this you, was wonderful. I, I, yeah, it was amazing. Um, uh, and before I say my last piece, again, thank you for being with us tonight. Thank you for all that you have, have shared, have poured out like you always do. Thank you, Dr. Bridget, being a visionary. Um, she, her hands are in so many things. If you, you got to go back and see all of the profiles that she does. She'll take a clip from here and there and create these, these flyers that talk to us. And she's such an amazing woman of God. And I know uh, God is just blessing the work of her hands. And so thank you for giving us this platform to interview one of the mightiest women of God of our day. Um, and she spoke to us, she shared and poured into us. And for those of you who are watching, uh, we honor the Lord for you. We thank God for your presence tonight. We know you could have been anywhere else, um, but you chose to spend your time with us tonight. And for me, I'm grateful. And I know Dr. Bridget would say the same thing, and I know Mom Shar would say the same thing. Uh, and we honor the Lord. And I know Dad is watching. Dad, I know you're going to come with a two-edged sword. You're going to share some things. It's just going to take us higher. So get ready, uh, Apostle Fields. DJ, who is the, <laughs> what's, she, what's she calling? Um, uh, G, DJ, who is the, the JB, the James Bond of the Apostles. Yes. DJ, who is the JB. Wow. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Wow. All right, and then it was my pleasure to host you. It was my pleasure to be here. Um, I'm out of my element. I don't look. I don't like looking at myself on any camera. Um, yes, I am introverted and, and by nature, and so this thing is is wearing me out. I'm gonna hit that don't, X on my camera. Don't, 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 don't. Thank you. My my work is done. My work is done. Doctor Bridget, it's in your hands. Well, Bishop Neil. You've done a great job. I'm just so proud of you. I know this took a lot. <laughs> took a lot. But you know what? This is so important. I really mm -hmm. believe that this is ordained. And I, I just, oh, my heart is so happy tonight. Oh, my heart is so happy. Because Apostle Shore just, she was so gracious and just brought us into her life. And that is so special because you know lay people don't get an opportunity to get this up close and personal with the fivefold and oh this was wonderful and you had so many people loving on you we had uh pastor danny was with oh. us yeah we had apostle uh marcus murray we had prophetess leah simmons we oh. had oh we <laughs> you got so many people loving on you <laughs> Take it off. So, oh, so y'all be sure to share the broadcast so your friends can watch it. And so we just thank God for Apostle Shore. And so God bless you. And we want you to uh, say something to us before we close it. You know what? I want to thank you all for allowing me the honor of being your first guest. I feel very privileged. And I, I had a great time. I had a great time. Thank you so much. I, I do honor you as well. Uh, Dr. Bridget, for all that you're doing. And I agree with uh, Apostle Nick. God so many doors and and expects so much more. There's so much more that he's going to do through you. Just your heart alone has postured you for a move of God. And I look forward to seeing how all that's going to be manifest. I so thank you again. That. 
I received that apostle. Thank you. So Bishop, you gonna pray us out? Amen. Yes, ma'am. Again, thank you so much to everybody who tuned in. To yes. those of you who are live, you got a treat. Uh, for those Amen. that will be watching the replay, you're going to get a treat also. Um, and so let's pray, shall we? Again, thank you to all of you who uh, joined us on tonight. Father, we thank you uh, for so many wonderful moments that you've given us on tonight. We thank you for Apostle Sharfield and all that you've given us through her. And not just to those that are on this broadcast, but Father, those who have come into her life that you've sent her to, that she can speak to whether they're local or whether they're around the world. Father, we know that all things work together for the good to them that love you and for those who are called according to your purpose. And tonight was that night. You brought together, Father God, wisdom and knowledge from years of experience that, shared, that was shared with us, oh God, freely given and freely received. We speak heaven's blessings upon her. We pray, Father God, above all things, that she will prosper and be in good health, even as her soul prospers. We pray, Father, that you will open up the windows of heaven and shower her with blessings that she will not have room enough to receive. Father God, restore, oh God, to she and Apostle DJ. Father God, the blessings of life that you did for Abraham and Sarah, that they will continue to be strengthened to do what you called them to do. And then, Father God, for every ear that heard on tonight, let the blessings, oh God, come upon them and overtake them, that wherever you have them in ministry, Father God, you will bless them like you blessed Apostle DJ and Apostle Shard that we've heard on tonight. We thank you, we bless you, we honor you, and we give your name the glory, the honor, and the praise. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Apostle Shard, I'm going to put all your information in the comment area so people know how to follow you. Great. Thank you. Thank you so, so much. Well, God bless you. And you have been watching the Goodness of God podcast. This was our first one, but we have many more to come. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Have a good evening.